Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of The Startup Diary. Today we have another 600 seconds on the clock and we have Ryan Frederick in the hot seat for these rapid fire questions. You'll hear more about Ryan tomorrow, but for now, please enjoy this 600 seconds with Ryan Frederick. Ryan, I have 600 seconds on the clock. Are you ready for your first question? All set. Note taking, digital or analog? Digital because my penmanship is so bad, I can't read handwritten notes afterwards. Man after my own heart. What is the first thing relating to work that you do every morning? Ooh, related to work. That's mm. the hard part. Um, I write. The first thing I do associated to work is I, I write. Either um, I, I'm working on um, a second book um, or I work on a blog post um, or like an announcement to the team. So it, it would be writing. I've got to I try my best not to follow up, but I can't help myself. Um, when you block that time off to write, have you already checked emails and comms or do you go straight into that activity and then worry about the comms? I go straight into writing and I don't worry about checking email and other stuff until I, I'm, I've exhausted what I think is my initial outlet of energy and focus to the writing. I like that. I'm just uh, starting to read uh, the one thing uh, as a book about focus. Um, you have to listen to one song on repeat for the rest of your life. What is it? Ooh, man. Um, there, there is, um, There's a song by um, a, a an artist. His name is Roan Ash, and the the, the song is um, uh, the Little Things. And it's just a, it's always I love his voice, but it's always a, a really good reminder that that you know the 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 little things all, you know often get glossed over and we we undervalue them. And so it's it's a nice it's a nice reminder. So I like the message, but I also like his performance. Good chat. I just made a note of it. I'm going to listen to this after we finish this. Work-life balance. What are your views on it and how do you manage it? Um, I think it's important, but I think it's also been blown out of proportion that I, I, I don't think that it, it's something that can necessarily be, you need it in the aggregate, but I don't know that, that every day you have to be too maniacal about it. Right, because there are there are days where you know priorities are are going to flow in in one direction or another. Um, with that said, you know I'm very intentional and disciplined, so I work out every day. I try to eat right. I try to get the right amount of sleep. Um, and so I think that there are some fundamentals that you can do to you know as, you know make yourself in a position to have you know decent work life balance. Um, but you know I'm 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 headed to um, the mountains in Utah next week for, you know, 10 days for some hiking and mountain biking. And, and I probably will be unplugged the most of the week. And so it'll be an awesome week, but I'm not going to have much work-life balance as part of it because, you know, I'm, I will be not working hardly at all as part of it. Um, so I don't know. I think it's something that's, that's, that's over, um, I think if you're disciplined, and so this is a real long answer, sorry. I think if you're intentional and disciplined, then you're accomplishing what you should be accomplishing when you should be accomplishing it. And I think you have to worry less about work-life balance because your, your daily discipline should be driving balance day in, day out, if that makes sense. 
Uh, complete sense. Um, the word, I love the way you use the word aggregate there, to be honest. So there are lots of things that matter to you on a daily basis. If you're disciplined in understanding what matters, you will naturally create work-life balance in your in your calendar. That's, that's what I heard. I love the way you actually said that the priorities uh, will flow in different directions depending on what you're working on. Uh, I'm one of those people that's too maniacal about it. And I added that question because I beat myself up about it. Uh, so your answer was super helpful for me there. Awesome. Um, being an entrepreneur is hard, so why do you do it? Um, probably because it is hard, um, and, and I like the challenge. Um, I also like the process of creating something that doesn't exist, mm-hmm. whether you're talking about a product and, and, and solving a problem, and, and, then, and then a startup is, is nothing more than a company you know, th- that enters into commercialization activities for a product, right? And so... I don't know. I like, I like the creation process and, and um, I find that to be very fulfilling. And then the startup company piece is just sort of a natural outcome to then commercialize a, a product. And so, um, you know, if, if that piece wasn't there and you could just build products and somehow, you know, people found them and you sold them and you'd made money, you know, that would be, that would be even better, but we need the commercialization wrapper of the company around it. And so, I find it all interesting and I think I like it because it is challenging. Like it, love that answer. If you had to train someone on one topic, what would it be? Probably, probably sales because I think it's the, it's the thing that, that, um, a lot of people get wrong. A lot of people think it's counter being good. Selling is counterintuitive um, because it is not um, sort of convincing someone to buy something. It is understanding the, their motivations and their needs and then, and then aligning to what they want to buy. Right. And so I think it's, I think most people just get it wrong. And, and so I would probably spend, you know, the most time talking with people about how to get better at sales. I love that answer. I'm a, I'm a salesman at heart, by the way, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's my career. Yeah, I am too, really. Um, you know, and, and it's, um, and I think that's one of the reasons that I've enjoyed, you know, the, the product entrepreneurial process is because I enjoy the product creation process, but I also then like working with customers and, and finding alignment and helping them solve the problem. And, you know, and, and, you know, that's sales at its heart. Uh, agree. I actually, uh, I wrote a, a piece, which is, um, I don't see there's a huge amount of, um, they're not too dissimilar being a CEO and a sales professional because uh, daily I'm either selling someone and joining my team to sell them on the vision, or like you say, I'm trying to find the need within my customer base and match it with something that I can offer them. The, the fact that I'm a CEO just means I might not have the thing to offer them. So I have to go and build the product, but I'm then going to go and sell it to them. Uh, it's a very similar process of how I think about it. Yeah, for sure. And I think one of the chapters in the book is what you talked about there is being good at storytelling, right? You, you, you have to figure out what's your story to customers and to investors and to the team to be able to recruit more team. And I think one of the areas that founders need to get a lot better at is becoming effective storytellers. Yeah, I completely agree. And that's, uh, that's, uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to move on, but that's, that's a topic that I'm personally really interested in right now. Cause I think, um, 
I can work on it from an investor and team perspective. I do it as a sales perspective to customers and clients, uh, but I do it very poorly from a, a team and investor perspective. So I'm working on that. Um, Ryan, if you had to be the CEO of another company, which company would you drop yourself into? Um, I probably would want to run a company that, um, somehow drives more awareness and access to sort of technology and startup and venture for people that, that um, are socioeconomically challenged and who just, you know, like one of the challenges that we've got in the U.S., and I think this is true everywhere, is if you're born into the wrong zip code, into the wrong circumstances, you, the the gene and and you've sort of lost the you know the gene lottery. Um, it, right now, that has too much power over what your lot in life is going to be and what your potential is. Mm -hmm. And so, I think that we've got to start finding ways to bridge that gap so that depending on what circumstances you're, you're born into, doesn't you know doesn't dictate the traject the trajectory of your life. That's possibly one of the most interesting answers I've had to that question in the last 20 or 25 times I've asked it. I really like that. Um, some food for thought. Um, it sounds like you've kind of got your next venture idea tickling away in the back of your head for what you want your legacy to be. Um, actually, screw it. Let's, let's make a new question. I want to follow up. Ryan, what do you want your legacy to be? Yeah, I think it would be something along that line that um, people you know, remember that you know, to the greatest extent possible, I try to help people fulfill their potential. And I think that that is because someone asked me, you know, um, a couple of years ago now, probably what my definition of success was. And I didn't want to just give them a flippant answer. So I said, you know, can I come back to you? And they said, sure. And I was glad that I was thoughtful about it because I took a couple of days to think about it. And I went back to them and I said, I, I think the definition of success is that you fulfill your potential. And that's different for everybody. And that's why not everybody, you know, um, you know, it, it should have the same benchmark for what, what success means because it's different for every, every person. Uh, but I, I, and then as a result of that, that's what I think that I would, I would like to be remembered for is that I, I helped as many people as I possibly could to fulfill their potential. And not, not to go down too much of a tangent, but from your previous answer, it feels like one of your missions is not to help them fulfill potential, but to allow people that, to your words, lost the gene lottery to give them a fairer playing ground so they can increase their opportunity and their potential in life as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that right now there, there are lots of uh, circumstances where people are, are just not going to be able to fulfill their potential. And if, if, and I think the great, you know, the great equalizer and, and, um, uh, democratic sort of, you know, approach to this is, is that irrespective of what circumstances you're born into, you know, that you should have the same shot at fulfilling your potential as anybody else does. And I think societally we've drifted away from that, you know, a little bit and maybe a lot. And, um, I think we've got to start you know, doing some, some. Um, better work in, in those areas. 
Love that. And I love your definition of success. Ryan, that's, uh, we've gone over the time as we did in our main interview. Guys, if you listen to this, um, I had an absolute blast speaking to Ryan. It went over on the clock because he's a man that has a lot of experience in the entrepreneurship startup world. And we tackle it from a human approach compared to a process task-driven approach, which I thoroughly enjoyed. You'll hear me take away some key learnings. Do not forget to hit subscribe on the show right now and listen to Ryan's interview tomorrow. Ryan, again, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Appreciate it very much.